Good morning. It's Friday, March 25th, and I didn't do much trading yesterday at all. Um, I was in the morning, went out, bought some grass seed, and basically redid my entire back lawn. Uh, if anybody has ever had any issues with army worms, you'll know what I was dealing with. That's what I had last winter. Um, okay, so let's get started. I'm trying to look to see if I have any over. Uh, one of the big ones yesterday was Tilray. Tilray went skyrocketing. Um, let me look at the time where it went skyrocketing. I think it was after late in the day. No, it was pretty much all day. Um, it started at about 10.55, it looks like. Um, but essentially the reason and other pot stocks went up was because the U.S. House has said they will vote next week on a bill to com, uh, try and legalize uh, pot. So uh, the steps have been put in place. If you look at a five-year chart of Tilray, um, or even let's look at a two-year chart. Um, well, let's look at uh, weekly. Let's look at daily here. Um, let's look at the max. Tilray. Oh, I'm not on Tilray. Um, T-L-R-Y. So if we look at a 10-year, uh, five-year, um, this was a, <laughs> if you look at a monthly stock back in September 28, 2018, so four years ago roughly, this was a $300 stock, um, and it has been on a slide ever since. So when you look at a two-day um, chart and it up, it's up from $5.80 to $8.23 in pre-market. Uh, it's trading at $8. You have had quite a ride on this one down. Um, so again, trade the momentum. I'm not rushing into any pot stocks right now. Uh, I think they'd probably offer a good um, uh, risk reward type thing, but uh, right now, you don't know what the 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 government's going to do. You don't know exactly what what this is going to say. It's already legal in a few states. Uh, if it opens up across the country, this is going to take a long time. There's going to be a lot of time to get in here. Um, so one of the things that you might want to look at, which actually has been a um, an incredible stock for the the last. Uh, well, it's on a downward trend right now, but it's it's kind of uh, looking upward. Is Scott's Miracle Grow? Um, this is a fertilizer company that essentially goes out there, and and a lot of the farmers look at it um, as part of the the growing process. So Scott's Miracle Grow. It's springtime. It should see a little bit of pop. We had a buy in here on March sixteenth at one twenty one. Today it's trading at one twenty four. It's on a downward trajectory. There's probably some other things, but a lot of the fertilizer stocks yesterday, um, Mosaic was a good one. Uh, they were in the middle of the day and then kind of shot up a little bit. So Mosaic, we'd be in still from February 1st um, at $42. Today, you're at $68, but you are completely oversold. Um, 
I, there were a couple of other ones that I wrote down as well, but I can't seem to find them. I'll, I'll post them on Twitter. But essentially, pot stocks, that was the big one yesterday, went up. Um, Zip Trader Charlie uh, posted about BitNile, N-I-L-E. And ironically, this boomer right here, yes, this boomer, joined a Discord chat a few days ago um, with a couple of uh, my friend's kids. And essentially, they're talking stocks, and they've been doing really, really well over the last year. So joined it, figured I could uh, you know, get some, some hints. Um, they're trading momentum trading on pretty much what's popular. And Nile has been one of the targets of probably the Wall Street bets crowd is usually the best uh, description to set to say. But uh, Zip Trader last night, Charlie did a uh, a whole analysis of this one. It's a mixed company right now. They've got Bitcoin mining. Um, they've got, uh, some defense contract stuff and it's, so it's this, just this conglomerate and it's probably not worth much. It's undervalued altogether, but what they've started to announce is that they're going to start splitting these companies up. And so if you own BitNile, N-I-L-E, you'll get stock in each individual portion of these businesses. Uh, Google uh, on YouTube, just go to Zip Trader, and you'll be able to see more about this one. Um, the, the, there's a Spartan Capital, which looks like it's a legit kind of capital company, um, but they put out a press release about BitNile. They have a $7 price target on this one. Um, it's crazy. It's trading today at $0.73. Cents. Yesterday, we were trading this one. Um, at, at about 80, 80 cents. And in pre-market, it looks like it jumped all the way up to 85 cents. Um, probably on Zip Trader, I would think. There's some support today, it looks like, right around 78 cents. You're going to get that, that, that stock to go back down to 78 cents. I, at some point today, you're going to get it in at 78 cents. Um, there's some high-level support here at 73 as well. So if you want to take a chance, that's another kind of, you know, well, let's go right into the next one. Mullen, which was the most active stock yesterday. Um, Mullen traded at about $3, between $3 and $3.28 all day. It started at $3.28 when it opened, and it just kind of fell um, immediately. Then it went back up to $3.25. Then it just kind of died. So. Again, these guys trade momentum stocks today pre-market with Mullen. You're at 277. So when I talk about these stocks, I'm talking about huge momentum stocks. And if you're not sitting there just staring at these things, uh, you could get burned. Look at Mullen. You're down, you know, what, 28% today. So, uh, yeah, yeah. You, I'm not saying it won't go back up to $3, but that's a... That's a tricky one. Um, so Nile is one that they brought up. It did have some pre-market pump. It's up 10% in the pre-market. Um, so uh, this is one that, that I'll be watching while I'm sitting here trading. I, I won't be buying it and holding it. I'm not holding this one over the weekend. Another um, uh, Wall Street Bets crowd favorite that, that I particularly like 
is Neo. They reported last night NIO. Um, they missed on delivery. So they beat everything in their arsenal uh, for earnings, but they missed on deliveries. And I didn't read too much into it, but my assumption is it has to do with the supply chain. Um, this was one that traded up to about $22 right before earnings. Um, and it looks like on March 23rd, we hit almost $23. It was $22.60 in that candle. <clears throat> um, we had an entry here, it looks like, on March 17th at $17. So what's nice is you've gotten your 20% if you got in uh, at that level. Um, but again, it's, it's kind of pulled back a little bit. In pre-market, it's trading at $20.50. $20 um, I see some support here at about $20. Um, you know, there, there's a, essentially it's $20.37 is where the support level seems to be um, from a volume perspective. But I do see the RSI flattening out at about 60 and the MACD looks like it might start to cross down. You're seeing the volume, uh, the actual overall volume fade on this one. So right into earnings, the, the volume was up. Uh, you probably traded a significant amount. Yeah, so the 10-day volume, 10-day average volume is 109 million shares a day. Uh, the 90-day volume is 61 million shares a day. So uh, they did lose $1.01 uh, per share, so they're not making money. It's a China stock. This has everything against it, but I do believe they're... Uh, they're, they're launching in Europe. I don't ex exactly know when. I don't know the status of this one, but they were planning on launching on Euro in Europe. And what this company has is a battery subscription model. So you can change out your battery. And if you, if you want to Google it on YouTube, you can watch it. They basically, you pull in and this machine changes the battery under the car. So rather than charging um, and, and sitting there for a long time, you can just change out your battery. So what's nice about this one is, it's under a lease kind of agreement where you lease the battery per se, and I, I think you pay monthly, um, but it's a new way of, hey, if we have different technology, battery technology, then that's nice in an EV because you basically just change out the battery and boom, you've got uh, uh, more range. So it's, it's, it's a different take on the Teslas of the world, on the Rivians of the world, um, things of that sort. Um, so, uh, AMD yesterday, uh, the chips, uh, Nvidia in particular was up about 11%, I think, but AMD ripped again yesterday. AMD in the uh, pre-market is down. Um, what you're going to start seeing, I think this is a Friday. Again, I got it wrong last week, but it's a Friday during wartime. Uh, I don't know that, uh, these things are going to, um, you know, if you want to buy, uh, again, good quality names like AMD, like NVIDIA, uh, I wouldn't buy NVIDIA here but just because uh, it's rather over. Let me look at it. And the uh, AMD is one. The RSI is at 63. It looks like it probably still has some left in it, but it's leaving the volume um, shelves in the dust. So I'm, you know, they, they do have a volume shelf here at 116. Um, the 50 day is starting to move positive. We just kind of broke through the 50 day. So right now it looks like it's using the 50 day as support and it's broken a little bit above that. 
there is a gap here that it seem it did cover before, but it seems to be covering again between 117 and 118. Um, that seems to be right where it is. Uh, there was some unusual options activity around 120 for the May time frame, so they're expecting 120 to be kind of the support level. Um, but let's look at NVIDIA. NVIDIA, you've had quite a run because you got in uh, at 226 on March 15th, and today you're at 281. Um, yeah, in pre-market, it's up at 282. So you've had quite a run on this one. This has been a great, great opportunity to get in. You've uh, gone above the 200-day. Let me check if you're above the 200-day on the daily. Um, yeah. So you, you, right when we talked about it on March uh, 15th, you uh, broke above the 200-day. And so all of this has positive momentum. The 50-day has started to turn. So you won't have a death cross on the daily on this one. But the RSI is at 64, so you're slightly oversold on this one. But all of the chips ran. Um, there was an interesting chart, and I'll post it on, uh, on Twitter. But they did this on CNBC last night, and it's TAN, uh, Tesla, AMD, and NVIDIA. What's ironic is you go back to June of last year, June 24th of last year to March 24th. So I don't know, what's that, eight months or so? What's interesting is when you have all three charts up, all three of these have moved in line. Uh, the only one that's slightly different is uh, AMD. Uh, and it's slightly different in that it's not, you know, it, it had a couple of runs that the other two didn't. But Tesla, NVIDIA, and Advanced Micro are the three that seem to be right in line. Again, these are huge multiple stocks. Um, you know, the, the valuation in Tesla makes no sense. The valuation in NVIDIA makes total sense. Um, and the, the AMD has just, AMD floundered for years between 50 and 100. And um, it didn't kind of get out over 100. And once it got over 100, um, let's see, what's the 52-week high on AMD? I think it's 180, if I'm not mistaken. Um, 164, 52-week high back in November. So you're only at 120. So you still have $40 left in the stock, which is 30%. So I think that one is, is a great, great opportunity. Um, again, Tan, remember. Uh, Tesla, AMD, and NVIDIA. All of those should be part of your long-term portfolio. Um, and Tesla right now, just so we're aware, um, is probably in the overbought category, but let me look real quick. <clears throat> this one has been, yeah, you are at 76 on the RSI. Uh, I wouldn't buy it right now. I would sit back and wait for the pullback. In my mind, I think Tesla is a um, one of these stocks that's um, going to trade within uh, this category of, well, this channel between 700 and 1200. So I think you'll have another opportunity to get this one. It, it's flying. And again, I don't want to talk you out of this one because if you want to day trade this one, you can. From a long-term perspective, I think you have better opportunities to get in. Uh, the algorithm is really good on this one. Uh, it makes you 186%. But the reality is over a thousand candles, you would have made 895% by just buying and holding. So uh, I don't want to talk you out of this one because there has never been a bad time to get into Tesla. 
But with the RSI at 76, you're going to see sellers start to show up and start to take some profits on this one. Um, so there's that one. Uh, one of the top picks was PLD. I think it's PLD. Unless it, yeah, Prologis. Um, this is a warehouse uh, distribution company. It's the largest in the world. And one of the analysts on CNBC was saying this is part of the new supply chain. Um, this one, February 25th, was a buy-in at 143. Uh, we're at 155 today. It looks like the 52-week high came in December at about 170, uh, just under 170, 169. So essentially what you're looking at here is a stock, the, the MACD just crossed down. So I think in a few days, this one might offer another opportunity. The 200-day, it has definitely been a, a support level for this one. And it, it's tracking right along the 200-day. So um, let's see, PLD. Let's look at their uh, PE. Their PE ratio is 39.54. If we look at some of their competitors, um, PLD. Uh, ba -ba 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 -ba. Just going on fidelity to. Uh, I need to record these screens at some time too. Comparisons. Um, so PLD, some of their comparisons are Duke Realty um, Corporation, First Realty, Boston Properties, East Group Properties, um, their price performance, they outperform all of these over 52 weeks, a 50% a uh, price performance. The PE is 55.91, the actual um, industry act that's based on this year's an, uh, estimates. The industry averaged 36, so it's a little bit expensive, but most of these with uh, returns like this are, are fairly higher as far as because they're expecting growth. And so this, this, this was one that was brought up. I'll kind of add it to a watch list. Um, INVH was another one, which is uh, access to, this is a rental property, uh, uh, invitation homes. Uh, they, they're 52 week. They've, they've performed at 28, 28%, just under uh, 29%. Uh, their PE this year is 66. The industry average is 36. So, but this one supposedly has good growth opportunities. Um, EQR is another one that, that they mentioned. And all of these are real estate plays. Um, you know, Prologis just happens to be the, uh, the, uh, warehouse version of this. And EQR is uh, residential. They've had a 23% uh, over the past 52 weeks. So maybe there's some, you know, one of their uh, competitors is Camden Property Trust, which uh, uh, has a 49% return over 52 weeks. So uh, real estate is becoming in focus because we do have a real estate problem in this country. And I, I wrote it on Twitter yesterday. And Dominic and Sue, who is a um, defensive lineman for the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers wrote a great uh, Twitter thread about housing problems and how it affects the poor and how it can consistently keeps the poor down and how um, I, I'm part of this high net worth group um, that's a invite only kind of thing. And what's interesting is the majority of these people who have high net worth, their investments are in property. And so uh, they have certain amounts in the stock market, but the large amount of their investments is property and um, specifically rental properties. 
And so it, it is interesting in that uh, uh, these guys are buying rental properties and they're basically collecting. Once you get to a certain net worth, um, money is fairly cheap. So buying um, properties turns out to be almost free. And as long as the, the rental person can uh, pay the mortgage and the taxes um, uh, for you as a high net worth person, it becomes almost free uh, as long as you have a tenant living there and putting it in. And so you get the benefit of the valuation of the property continuing to go up. And if you haven't noticed, real estate's gone up about 20, 30% over the past few years. Uh, so um, that's an opportunity there. Um, some of these EQR and, and uh, INVH, it's, it's kind of a way to get in on that without having to necessarily, quote unquote, own the homes. And you've got a lot of options out there with REITs. Um, so that's a great opportunity. One of the uh, podcast favorites that I want to call out to is Cleveland Cliffs. If you guys haven't been watching this one, and I had not, um, I kind of you know bought in, got my 20% and got out. Uh, this one has been crazy. CLF is the uh, the uh, the symbol, and when I look at it in TrendSpider, it's funny because I got the buy, and and this is one Jim Labenthal from CNBC. It's been his favorite uh, back on February first. I think was the first time I kind of uh, talked about it on the podcast, but it was sixteen ninety nine. I got in at sixteen something. Uh, right around that time, because I saw that the MACD was super low. The RSI was around 30. It went down to 20 on January 28th. This was just a hated, hated stock. And it, it's iron ore. And so anybody that's making steel needs to use Cleveland Cliffs, specifically in this country, because um, it's cheaper. They make it right here in America. And it's it, again, it's a good company. It's well-managed, blah, blah, blah. But <clears throat> to make steel, they they need this. So I bought in at 16 and I sold a, you know, a few days later when it got up to like 20s. So I got my 20% out of it and I was perfectly happy with that. Uh, but it then started dipping down and on February 25th, we had another buy-in at $21. I didn't believe it. But when you see this chart uh, on this four-hour chart, it is out of control. The volume showed up a, a few days later and I should have taken this trade again. We're trading above the 200-day. Um, right now, I would not buy it. The RSI, believe me, the RSI is 81. I don't think I've ever seen anything above 70, but the RSI is 81. People are buying this like crazy. And, and again, this is a commodity play. Um, you know, you can look at uh, uh, some of the other commodity or Freeport, um, Freeport McNamara, uh, McMoran, FCX. This is one that I briefed on a, a few days ago that they had a buy-in at 43. It's at 51 now. Um, this is crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. And again, Freeport's a materials company. Um, their RSI is at 70. Uh, I think you're overextended in a lot of these commodities, and we need to see these come back. Um, so uh, I wanted to bring that one up. Um, Netflix yesterday bought another gaming company. And kind of the, the, the theory on this one is Netflix is going to be not only a streaming company, they will have gaming as well. Uh, and I don't, my guess is that they're, they're putting together their strategy, they're putting together their games, 
and I don't know if it's going to be add-on to your current subscription or a separate game subscription. Right now, I am a member of Xbox Game Pass, I think it's called. And I know PlayStation has it as well. You basically download the games. It's like 100 bucks a year. It's like the cost of one game. You don't get all the brand new games, but they have like thousands and thousands of games for you to play. So for a casual gamer who's just looking, you know, and again, I'm a boomer. I just joined Discord the other day. So I'm definitely behind the curve when it comes to young kids on technology. My age group, I'm probably way new uh, into the technology than, and I'm probably in the top 10% of the quote unquote uh, starting crew, uh, as I always used to put it in my marketing days. But Netflix is probably using this as something like an Xbox Game Pass or a PlayStation. I don't know what their brand name is, but those two uh, are using it. Uh, Apple is getting into it. There's this thing called Stream Deck. Um, Google has it. And if you don't, if you have Amazon Prime, you've also got it gaming. You can do gaming on your computer with free games. It's part of Amazon Prime. So Netflix is probably getting into this. Don't know, again, if it's a add-on, I don't know how successful they'll be. But if it's a currently included in your subscription, it's one more way for them to just hold on to the customer. And so the, the retention rates will be even better than they are. Uh, and again, Netflix's problem has been that they uh, just uh, don't have the growth prospects in this country, which is their high margin country. Outside of the U.S., they do have growth opportunities, but they just don't have the margins that they have in the U.S., the price. So. That's a big one, um, and I think I mentioned it yesterday, but if I didn't, I posted it on Twitter, but I believe I went over the spy seasonality chart where April is good. Um, March has been good. Today looks like, uh, let me check the futures real quick just to see where we're at, but um, I'll press markets on CNBC app. Oh, and great. Uh, it's taken some time to come up. Yeah, we're kind of flat. We were negative when I woke up at about five, six o'clock. Um, but the Nasdaq expected open is fifty-two, the S and P is fifteen, and the Dow is ninety-seven. So, in looking at my uh, my portfolio, Arc F is up one percent. So probably a lot of those high flyers. E T H E. By the way, it's interesting. E T H E is one. Uh, this is the Ethereum Trust. Grayscale Ethereum Trust. Um, this one is up again. We had a buy-in here, and I briefed on this one March fifteenth at twenty dollars and twenty-four cents. Today you're at twenty-six. You've gotten what thirty percent out of this one, um, which is unbelievable. The RSI right now is at seventy, but uh, if you haven't heard, uh, Russia has basically said they will accept payment in Bitcoin for oil. Uh, or any of their commodities. So they're trying to get around the US dollar using Bitcoin, using crypto, using anything that they can. They'll take rubles. Um, you know, they're trying to prop up the ruble because they'll basically take the Bitcoin and probably just transfer it over to rubles. But um, that's a, while it's a horrible, horrible thing that they, they, they want to do to get around uh, all the sanctions and continue to, to fund their war. Um, it, it is something that says, Hey, uh, you know, maybe Bitcoin is a, uh, a big, uh, opportunity. Um, one other thing that I wanted to 
point to um, oil and 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 energy. Uh, there was a um, natural gas agreement between the U.S. and Europe, where Biden had said we'll provide them with. If you hear the term LNG, it's liquid natural gas, and that's the way we ship natural gas over to different countries is uh, in liquid form. And there's a Chenier Energy LNG, which is the largest producer of natural gas here in the um, here in the U.S. Uh, they just had a MACD crossover at 135 on March 22nd, so earlier this week. Um, the sale of the last one, um, we had a buy on our algorithm at January 27th, and the sale of that was March 15th for 13%. You probably could, I probably would have taken it even sooner um, because we hit uh, right at looks like 143 um, on March 7th. Today you're at 141. So that 135, that, that buy-in at 135 was right about where you sold um, on March 15th. And then uh, today you're back up to the, the all-time high. So uh, I do think that that energy has an opportunity here to go. Uh, one question I had yesterday was on oil. And uh, do I think that it's going to go up? Well, yeah, I think it's going to go up. I think you're seeing some manipulation of the market today by governments of the world, where oil, uh, UCO in particular, is trading. Let's see what's going at today. It's going to go. Um, it is at 163. It closed at 168. It's going down. The past two days have pretty much been in downward spiral. So SCO has been your play. Um, I do see some support here at about the 165 level. Uh, today, pre-market, it's opening up at 163. Um, it, it, this just got oversold and that's that there's nothing more to it. Uh, it got oversold. The volume didn't show up. People aren't necessarily trading this. And, and the reason is oil is in the eighth inning of a nine inning game. Uh, and there's a lot that still could go wrong to the point where supply with the high sun, you know, summer season in this country, uh, coming about. And, and by the way, that's all of the North. Uh, you know, it's not just the United States, it's the Northern Hemisphere that goes into the summer and we start to get uh, the, the driving increases. So you're going to start to see it. Uh, also, planes, planes, they're going to, you know, increase their, uh, their, uh, their, their travel routes this summer. So you're going to have more jet fuel. You're going to need more oil. And, and the reality of the situation is supply cannot keep up with demand. So um, they're going to release the, natural, the, um, the, the reserves probably in this country at some point in time to try and lower the price. Um, oil's still a good bet. I've got uh, oil stocks, Exxon, uh, Occidental Petroleum. Um, I had Devon Energy. Um, I like energy stocks still. You're, you're going to start to see I have MPLX, uh, which is great. It's like an 8% dividend on that one. So... Uh, my point is, I don't think the oil run is over. Uh, this may just be like from March 8th to um, March 15th. We took some time off. There's still, we're still, you know, the nine day is still above the 21. So in reality, uh, that 166 buy that we did on March 21st, which I got out of um, right below 180, um, 
because it didn't hit 180. I think I sold out at like 177 or something. The next day, right before, I thought it was going to hit 180 on uh, March 23rd, but it did not. Uh, but uh, I got in 166, 165, somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, the algorithm has us still in that trade. So I didn't listen to the algorithm. I got out, but you're back down at 163. Uh, doesn't mean that you're getting out. The 50-day is still positive. The 200-day is still positive. You're, so you're still trading with the trend on this one. So if you're in oil, I'd say stay uh, or you know take some profits. Uh, there, there's nothing wrong with ever taking profits. So with that, uh, I will wish you a good weekend. I might be doing some YouTube videos. One of the YouTube videos that I'll do to this weekend, and I promise to, is to look at FANG. Um, FANG trade is back. And if you haven't looked, Facebook is just rip-roaring. Um, Facebook is one that I think we'd be in. We'd be, we'd be in for a while um, right now. Let me look. I typed in Green Bay instead of Facebook. Uh, so Facebook, yeah, we had a buy-in here. Um, ironically, did we have a buy-in at 220? Um, let me rerun this. This is weird. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess it was. February 15th, the buy-in at 220, which is where we're at now. So you wrote it all the way down um, because there wasn't a MACD cross under. It just, you know, wrote on that MACD, but you, you wrote it all the way down to 180s. Um, and you hit 185, it looks like, um, as the low. Um, yeah, about 185 on March 15th. And today you're at 220. Crazy, crazy stuff. But I'll do some chart uh, videos on, uh, on, on YouTube about this stuff. You've still got this major, major gap here from 247 up to 322. That gap at some point in my mind is getting filled. There were a lot of buyers. Um, when I look at this volume shelf here, when I pull this back um, to kind of the highs here back in November, September, November somewhere, um, you've still got... The volume shelf is still up at 330. I'm one of those holders at about 320. Um, and it's, it's beating up. You've got about 338 million shares up here at the 330 level, which is the significant volume shelf. The significant volume shelf below is at 200. You've got 195 million. So the majority of people are still holding on from those highs. I'm one of them. I'm dollar cost averaging up. Um, but like I said, anything under 200, I, you know, maybe that moves to 220. Uh, because I, again, I think April, you're going to start to see this stuff start to move up. I think Fang is your trade. So um, I'll do that chart over the weekend on YouTube. Okay. Take care. Have a great day.